Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer, but today I'm not at the bright red desk. I'm sitting at my hotel room on at the Holiday Inn in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where we just completed the Great Lakes Astrology Conference, one of my absolute favorite conferences, bar none. It's run by Sandra Lee Serio and Richard Weber and originally Pam Wenzel, and it is a wonderful, wonderful conference, and I had a great time, and um, I fly home tomorrow, so the broadcast today, you know, I was going to do it this morning, but I overslept a little bit too much up and about here with hundreds of astrologers hanging out and having fun. Uh, So this is the weekly weather for June 30th, 2019, and we have an eclipse coming, and we have a I was supposed to do it tonight, but I kind of figured it wouldn't really work. So I'm doing the New Moon Eclipse webinar tomorrow night. It's on my website. And the eclipse is on Tuesday, July 2nd. So uh, it's a big, juicy eclipse. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk about the weekly weather. And we know that when the eclipses are in season, I like to chant, the eclipses are coming, the eclipses are coming. And these are really juicy eclipses. These are the same series that was um, from 2001. The series actually started in 991 uh, AD, Agnistius, Common Era, and have been moving from the mid-heaven of the North Pole heading towards the South because they're on the North Node of Fate. And we are two-thirds of the way, three-quarters of the way through the series. They run about 12, 1,300 years every 18 years. They're at the same place, plus 18 years, plus 10 or 11 days, and a few hours, and boom again. So this is the eclipse that 9-11 happened under, and we were looking at different eclipse stories today and different eclipse presentations, and all the astrologers are very excited about this eclipse because it's a big one. It's a total eclipse. It's total down in our southern friends in South America, And Venezuela, it's very strong in the Venezuelan charts. The country, as well as the deceased leader, not so much the current leader, and the new guy that's trying to take over. Um, And then it's big in, interestingly, in Korea's chart. And we just had Donald visiting there uh, yesterday, stepping across the DMZ. Um, And it's big in China's chart, and it's big in Japan's chart, and it's big in the U.S. chart. Big eclipse, big eclipse, coming, coming. And it's in the ninth house, which is, of course, the house of, it casts for, for New York State, New York, I'm sorry, casts for Washington, D.C., East Coast time. The eclipse is in the ninth house, which is the house of foreign engagements, foreign governments, uh, justice system, uh, import, exports, immigrants, you know, all the stuff that we're really watching now is kind of being hot topics in the world. So the eclipses reflect that. They bring us to consciousness around, and they wake up our energy. And they help us go, wow, that's what we're paying attention to. This eclipse takes place at 10 degrees of Cancer, 1037. And then this is a solar eclipse. So this is the one where you see stuff on. You go, oh, my goodness, I never saw that before. Or, you know, I always suspected, and now I see it clearly. Because when the lights go off, we see stuff. Um, and literally, the lights did go off in South America, uh, which is kind of the, pre- the precursor to the eclipse. Paraguay, Uruguay, and I believe Brazil, part of Brazil. Um, and, of course, literally when the, when the moon moves between 
the sun and earth, it blocks out the sun and the lights go off. You know, we had that eclipse a couple of years ago that cut across the United States. This one's down south, so we can anticipate the southern hemisphere having the hot, South America having the hot news for the next six months. But we all have the eclipse taking place somewhere in our chart. And this is a really juicy eclipse. It really speaks to um, many, many, <laughs> many, many things, including unexpected news, that you always kind of knew about, but you're not sure. Big marriage breakup energy because Juno, the planet of partner or partnership breakup energy, not just marriages, because Mercury and Juno are squaring Uranus. So partnerships kind of go, you know, it was fun, but I don't know that I really want to anymore. Mars is squaring Uranus. Uh, so there's a lot of energy squaring decision making. Also, Uranus, that's a big time for moves. A lot of people moving, a lot of people changing environments, shifting stuff out, starting new stuff. And then, of course, because Saturn and Pluto are over there on that old south node where they've been hanging out for all year long, this week Saturn also dips into the south node. That happens on the 4th of July, his second dip of three. But generally when Saturn hits the south node, some really important structures in our lives or authorities in our lives leave or we change the structure or the authority. And the fact that it happens on our country's birthday, July 4th, well, at least the birthday of the Declaration of Independence, it's a biggie. The other thing we have happening this week is Mercury stations to go retrograde for 21 days, and he does it on July 7th. And he's gonna, he entered Leo, and now he's going to go backwards for a little bit in Leo and then back into Cancer. And he's retrograde until the end of the month. Uh, he goes direct on the 31st. But we know with Mercury retrograde, and, you know, <laughs> because Mercury's kind of hanging out with the node of fate and the sun and the moon and Mars, right? This is kind of a nice little messy Mercury retrograde. So we want to kind of look, I mean, he always brings us stuff. But because he's hanging out with the nodes of fate, when he does this retrograde, we know that he's going to be popping all these folks into our lives, back into our lives, people we haven't seen in a while, people that we know, people that we want to get to know better, people calling because they were thinking about us. And it already we're already in the shadows. You already should have people popping back in. And because Mercury is up there on the north node, it makes sense to talk to them. So earlier this week, a friend of my, a friend of my best, my sister's best friend when she was in high school um, called, her older sister called, who I knew vaguely, not very well, but she called and she's going down to Florida to get a condo for her family near where we were. And her family had owned a condo for a while and then they sold it. And so now she and her husband and their kids are getting a condo. So she and I had this conversation and she was talking about my mom and talking about my, my mom and her mom were like best friends and and it was kind of nice. It was like, you know, a different, you know, not somebody I really ever talked to before. I mean, I would say hi to her at the Christmas party, but she wasn't my friend. She was my sister's friend in that era. She was actually Molly's older sister. And um, and so they were, you know, I was five years younger. That's, no, that's younger, you know. <laughs> you don't talk to them, you know. Like, I mean, now I talk to them. Now I love Molly and, and uh, talk to her all the time. But anyway, her sister's going, but she was talking about my mom. And I was getting some mom stories, which I hadn't had in a long time. Of course, Mercury 
my mom's a Leo, Mercury in Cancer, North Node, telling the stories from my childhood. So watch for the old stories surface. They're coming up to bring you new information that you hadn't heard. And she made a couple of very cogent remarks that were really interesting. And I was listening to her say them to me, and I'm thinking, wow, interesting that it was so observable. And then she shared some stuff, you know, that she had seen. And I'm like, wow, this is stuff I never heard before. So it is eclipses. So you're supposed to hear some new secrets, too, or things that other people observed and maybe never told you before, but now they tell you. And you go, aha, aha, interesting. And so um, it's interesting. It's interesting time. So take that phone call. Return the conversation. Talk to the person. Check in with them and say hello. So here I was at this wonderful glass conference, and people came up and said, oh, I listened to your radio show. Nice to meet you in person. And I'm like, nice to meet you in person, too. Um, I always have fun at these conferences because you get to meet all sorts of fun people and learn all sorts of cool stuff, and this one was really good. So I learned a bunch of cool stuff, um, which I now have to figure out. <laughs> like, oh, now I want to learn more about that. Oh, now I want to study that more. So all, all good, all, you know, just gives me a bigger to-do list to do. Um, so this week, we do have a lot of activity in addition to the eclipse, which helps us put the lights out and put it back on again. And sometimes that does feel like you're, you know, when your computer crashes, right? So it just kind of crashes. So do back up your cell phones and your computer and save those pictures. And if you've got some electronic advice, act in a little fritzy, assume it's going to go. We, one of the women in the horror class asked if she was going to make it back all the way safely home, and it looked like she was. So hopefully she checks in and says, yes, we made it home safely, because we answered her question looking at the chart. But that there was something going on with the fluid in the car or the electrical system that she needed to pay attention to. So watch your, uh, watch your electronics and watch your communications and watch your stuff. So just a few minutes ago, I was hanging out. I had dinner with a friend, and we're going to the airport tomorrow. So she wanted to check her flight time. So we go in, we pull it. I'm like, oh, my God, Monica, it's like 1220. We're planning to depart at quarter of 12. That's never going to work. Well, oh, my God. And she's like, 1220. Oh, no. I thought it was later. And so we're looking, and I'm like, oh, we have to change it. And then I noticed it's the ticket from 218. <laughs> Mercury, you trickster. It's 219. But in the meantime, we called her son and got him all excited. And and then he called back and goes, no, it's 345 tomorrow. It's like, what are you talking about? And then she found the extra piece of paper for this year's flight in the bag. So then I said, okay, now throw away 218. And she popped, you know, she just looked at me and she said, I have to keep the receipt. She put it back in her bag. So I know next year we're going to pull 218 and it'll be 220. But uh, at any rate, share her flight is at 3.45, so we don't have to adjust. But I was like, Mercury, you little devil, you, causing us so much excitement. So remember, Mercury is a trickster. Double-check your information. Double-check your flights. Double-check everything about communication because he's in the mood to cause a little trouble. And he stations on the 7th, which means he's slowing down this week. On the eclipses, getting real quiet to make sure you really hear it. Now, the other thing that happens this week is Venus goes into Cancer, and she goes into Cancer, it looks like, hang on, on the uh, 3rd, and she's in Cancer until the 27th. But what that means is our emotions, every time the moon changes, our emotions are going to change. They're going to be a little more excitable, a little more dramatic, a little more... 
Mars goes into Leo tomorrow, July 1st, and he's in Leo. He generally spends about two months in the sign, so he's going to be in Leo until we get to August, and he's in Leo through August 17th, and then he's out of Leo. So Mars in Leo is a little more huffy-puffy, but because he's Leo, he's answering to the sun in Cancer. The sun in Cancer every two and a half days changes her mood. So even though he's in Leo, a little more direct, a little more straightforward, a little more I am, it is a chart that wants the, the eclipse chart and the chart energies that we're shifting to are people much more being like, I am going to do this now. And it's got a lot of energy to propel you. Mars's past is, is blocked from Saturn and Pluto. So you can feel that you have this sudden surge of energy where you just have to get things done now. Honor it, work on it, go for it, give it permission. Do not worry about the Mercury retrograde. You know, you might have to redo it, but dig in and do it anyway. And give yourself permission to go, okay, let me get this done, let me get this moving. And, of course, you know, retrogrades are great for redoing, research, redecorating, revising, revisiting. That's not till next Sunday. But this week there's a lot of good energy to launch stuff. Not so much the beginning of the week when the moon's in Cancer with a bad aspect, but when the moon goes into Leo, which is at 11, uh, 19 p.m. Wednesday night, and all day Thursday and all day uh, Friday, mainly Thursday, though. Um, and, of course, this weekend is 4th of July, which is always fun. So if we look at our moons, take off my glasses and do the moon calendar. Uh, so today the moon is in um, Gemini, and it goes void at 548 with a conjunction to Venus. So it's, that's you know, lovely conference, had a great time, saw my friends. Goes void tomorrow at 5.48 p.m., uh, and then it's void in the early evening from 5.48 to 9.24. Reminder, I'm going to be doing my new moon webinar then um, during the void moon, but hopefully it'll be okay. And uh, then it goes into Cancer at 9.24 p.m. on the 1st. Then on the 2nd, we have the eclipse which is at um, 3.16 p.m., it looks like, at 10.38 uh, Cancer. So it's in Cancer on Tuesday. It's in Cancer on Wednesday. It goes void at 10.25 in the morning with an opposition to Pluto, and it is void all day long until 11.19 p.m. when it goes into Leo. So the moon is void all day Wednesday. goes into Leo 11 at night, 11.19 at night. It's in Leo on Thursday, Friday, it goes void at 2.24 a.m., and it's void all day long on Friday, which, of course, is the 4th of July weekend, so it's okay for it to be void. And then it goes into Virgo, bright and early, Saturday morning, and it goes void with a nice trine to Jupiter. So that makes Thursday, Friday uh, nice days. goes into Virgo, 12.25 a.m. on the 6th, Saturday the 6th, and it's in Virgo the 6th. The 7th goes void at... 12.50 p.m., which is in the afternoon on the 7th, and it's void all afternoon on the 7th, but the closing aspect for the void is Moon and Virgo trine Pluto. Again, a day to get a lot accomplished. And then at 2.07 in the morning on the 8th, it goes into Libra, and it's in Libra until um, 3.35 p.m. on the 9th when it goes void with square. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Hard moon, moon opposite Pluto. Thursday, Friday, good moon, moon in Leo, trying to Jupiter. Saturday, Sunday, nice moon, moon trying to Virgo, productive, gets a lot done. 
Monday, Tuesday, next week, the 8th and the 9th, not so much fun because moon is squaring Pluto. So good, not good, good, not good, and just kind of honor what we're supposed to do with these moons. Then if we look at the, um, the stuff, what I already mentioned, the Venus changing signs and the Mars changing signs and the eclipse and Mercury stationing to go retrograde on the 7th, you know, there's a lot of turbulence. Any one of those planets counts as, you know, we shift the week, we shift the energy. And then, of course, Pluto going uh, on the south, or Saturn, rather, going on the south node on the 4th of July at 17 Capricorn. Again, this happens once every uh, 19 years, kind of rare um, and big, you know, because Saturn on the south node is the release of authority figures or the release of authorities or the letting go of structures. Sometimes this puppy shows up as like a bridge collapsing or something like that. And because Saturn and Pluto are kind of rumbling and they're on the south node, and they're aspecting Neptune, and they're getting some energy from Jupiter. This can be a pretty big letting go. So we'll kind of watch what that is. We do know these eclipses are the 4th of July eclipses that are big in our, or the 9-11 eclipses, they're big in our chart. Um, and we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see. It's a, it's a biggie. Um, and we'll watch because it's, go, it's going off in our charts, and it is bringing us to light and making us see things we hadn't seen before. Uh, so we did the moons, and the sun this week uh, is in Cancer, moving up to um, 15. Uh, so the beginning of the week is kind of nice. It's parallel Venus, and it's sextile Vesta, so it's saying let's make things nice, let's make things pretty. We have the eclipse on Tuesday. Uh, and then the back end of the week, a little more stressful. Sun squares Athena, so there's some strategic mission you're trying to accomplish next Sunday that might be a little stress or that you might get misinformation. And the sun is also semi-square Sedna on the 4th of July, which usually is some kind of ocean water activity. Um, and as I mentioned before, we do have a lot of declinations, parallels and contraparallels, which tend to make things act up a little bigger because they're on the face of Earth. Uh, Mercury this week going very slowly because he's getting ready to stop. He is like three, four of Leo because he's slowing down. He's moving just minutes, minutes a day. And he's going to um, argue with how to nurture and take care of things at the beginning of the week, maybe bring up some health stuff. A lot of times when the eclipses come up, they do pop a summer cold or they do pop a little illness. They're kind of a detox for the system. And also whatever was going on in January when we had the last, set of eclipses, now you close it up. You kind of look and go, okay, I know what I want to do with that one. Uh, Mercury is also sesquiquadrate Neptune on the 3rd of July, which means we get some difficult news or some unusual news uh, that might be a little emotionally depressing or sad. And then um, Mercury is in the semi-sextile to Venus, which means that Although they're normally good buddies, this is they're a little bit not quite getting along uh, because Venus has gone into Cancer and Mercury's in Leo, so they don't really, Venus is feeling a little more sensitive. Mercury's being a little more bombastic, a little more about all about me because Mercury and Leo is all about me and what I want. And Venus is like, you don't care what I want? And Mercury's like, no, not really. <laughs> and he is a little abrupt when he is in Leo. It's kind of, you know, the idea of Mercury is he's supposed to be communicative, collaborative, 
you say something, I say something, you say something, I say something. Everybody gets to talk. And uh, when he's in Leo, he's like, I want to talk about myself. This is who I am. This is what I do. Bop, bop, bop. And so he's a little bit, you know, a little self-absorbed. But you may find that people really do want to talk about themselves, right? So I did a reading while I was here, which I don't normally do, but it was somebody who asked me and they were working on some stuff. And I came in and I really, they really needed to talk. You know, it wasn't like I needed to talk. I did a little talking, but I didn't do a lot of talking um, because they needed to express stuff. So this is also a week where people can really feel like they need to say what's on their mind or in their heart. And, you know, if you know somebody's having a hard time, kind of reach out. And if you're having a hard time, kind of reach out. Or take good care of yourself, a little extra self-nurturing with these eclipses, you know, because it's a little hard out there energetically. Um, and actually, I was out to dinner with a friend tonight, and she got a call from her son going, Mom, what's going on? And he knows, of course, she's an astrologer. Mom, what's going on the energy? It's really hard out there. And his mother goes, yeah, well, there's an eclipse. He goes, my girlfriend fell and broke her leg. I'm at the hospital. i got to go. And he hung up. You know, so it was kind of like, all right, Uranus, Mercury. A lot of break, leg breaking, you know. Mercury square Uranus is you break an arm, you break a leg, you tip over. No riding the bongo board at a drunk at a party, okay? You know, you just kind of, no doing the hula hoop. You can, you can go down and break something. Just warning you. Don't say you didn't hear it here first. Venus, of course, enters Cancer. She's zipping along. She's in Gemini. She enters Cancer on the 3rd at 11.17, where she then becomes much more emotional. She's been a very flirty, fun Gemini, and now she's going to get a little more sensitive, a little more emotional, a little more kind of... And Venus is in conjunct series, right? Uh, Which is the principle of nurturing. There's like an adjustment needed. And Ceres is in the mood to not take care of anybody right now. She's in sad. She wants to kind of take off. And Venus in Cancer is maybe feeling a little more need for nurturing. And uh, not getting it. Again, self-care. You know, what do you need to do? How do you need to nurture yourself to make yourself feel good? Positive self-care, not negative. Um, Venus is also semi-square Mars. And so Mars is in the mood to go, 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 because he's in Leo, and Venus is in the mood to sit on the couch and be kind of quiet and maybe want to have her feelings, and Mars is in Leo, and he doesn't really want to listen to her feelings. You're too needy. You're not too needy. You're just kind of like, you need a little kindness. need a little kindness, right? Um, But not necessarily a lot of kindness in the sky, so be kind to yourself. Mars is in Leo, that's what it up, as of July 1st at 7.19 p.m., which is a sign he's rather proud to be in. He has a nice trine to series on the 3rd. He's going to be really proud of his creation. He's also going to come up with a strategic approach because he parallels Athena. And then he has a sesquiquadrate to Jupiter on the 4th of July, which is a little bit of a stressful energy. You know, this is one of those. Maybe too much party, maybe too much sunshine, maybe too much, too much. That's good too much, but Mars and Leo, you know, just kind of a little overdoing because he is busy bee when he's in Leo. Also a little more prone to fire. So be careful around fire. Be careful, obviously, around fireworks. And Mars sesquiquadrates Neptune on the 7th, the same day Mercury stations to go retrograde. And sesquiquadrates are take stress but act around them. Um, 
So what that actually means is Mars sesquiquadrates Jupiter and Mars sesquiquadrates Neptune. There's a hammer of Thor forming in the heavens. Some people call it a fist of Thor. I like hammer personally. Uh, the two planets, Jupiter and Neptune, are square each other, and Mars is traveling between the two of them, forming the handle. So this is when you're going to be able to smite people out of your life. This is a big one for going, I want to get rid of you. I'm done with you. And remember, Thor used to send his hammer out to knock down the top of mountains, and then it would come back and play beautiful music and make gold jewelry. And then when someone walked in that the hammer didn't like, it would kind of growl, a little rumble there next to Thor. Thor would look at the hammer, and he would go, you know, my hammer doesn't really like you. And the person would go, is that bad? And Thor would go, yeah, that's kind of bad. Bad to have the hammer not like you. Kind of like when the dog doesn't like you or the kid doesn't like you, you know. Not usually a good sign, right? The dogs and the kids like them. They're okay. The dogs and the kids don't like them. Usually a problem. Mars, sesquiquadrate, Jupiter, and Neptune is the hammer of Thor. So watch for where the hammer wants to smite something out of your life. Now remember, Jupiter and Neptune is all about what the dream is. So this is also excellent energy to smite the things that are blocking your dreams and get them out of your life. Or as the old lady uh, used to sing, the young lady used to sing in South Pacific, wash that man right out of your hair. Um, because Mars and Leo, you want that mane hair. Jupiter and Neptune, let's wash them out if I don't want them in your hair, right? So go play that. Now you have a song worm. What's that called? A worm, earworm in your ear. Jupiter this week, aspects and nodes of fate. Want to really pay attention to who you meet on the 1st of July because he's on the south node. So he does have an energy of letting go and releasing. And he's also bi-quintile to Vesta on the 6th, which is a lot of opportunity about finding a home and nesting. So I have a few people moving. But Jupiter bi-quintile Vesta is also kind of a settling into your own skin. As we mentioned before, Saturn is on the nodes of fate on the 4th of July at 3.28 in the morning. It hits that south node, big structures. It's often earthquakes, often something decent-sized. Remember, we're having the eclipse at the same time. Uh, in any kind of health matters with Saturn on the south node, particularly among your elders, get them to the doctor. You know, we do not fool around with planets on the south node, particularly Saturn, because he says this is done. We are over and finished. So kind of watch for any health stuff with people. Um, Uranus this week is square to Juno, as we mentioned earlier, which is breaking up, separating, having a fight and ending. That's July 3rd. Also an opportunity for healing on the 1st of July because he's in an interesting aspect to Chiron. So unusual approaches to healing or new ideas around healing or giving you a different way of thinking about it. Then on the 3rd, we also have Chiron trining Juno, which is partnering in a new way with healing, which is always lovely. So we got a lot of stuff going, and we also have Hygieia active with the South Node on the 6th. So a lot of times that's like the Saturn hits the node and then the Hygieia hits the node. So if you've had some kind of chronic health problem and you're seeing a doctor this week or you find out from someone, gee, maybe I can help you with your chronic health problem, this is a great week to take the health opportunities up. And again, I know it's the 4th of July, 
So it might be you're just at a cocktail party or you're at a backyard barbecue and somebody says something and you go, really, that sounds interesting. That might be able to help me. Um, Remember, Wednesday the moon is void most of the day. And that's technically the 4th of July, so we're kind of quiet and shut down here in the States. Uh, It's Canada Day on the 1st for our Canadian friends. And the moon is void there for four hours at night from 548 to 924. And then the moon is void all day Friday. So it's a nice void moon, void moon, void moon, which means kick back. And it's also void uh, the 7th, the afternoon of the 7th from 1250 on. Busy days this week that are a little bit big are the third because moon in Cancer is opposite Saturn, opposite Pluto, and trying Neptune. That's a setup for loss, a setup for looking at things and saying, I'm changing this or shifting it. And then when we get to the seventh, there's a nice opportunity for positive movement forward because the moon in Virgo goes, okay, so we had the loss on the third, and this is what we're going to do to work with it or fix it. And also that's the day that Mercury stations to go retrograde. So it's a busy week, a productive week, and a week where you should have some fun. Um, But also because the eclipses are here, anticipate heightened emotional nature for everybody. The other thing I wanted to say is I am my next trip up. I'm just finishing with Ann Arbor, and now I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going to be speaking at the Lake County Astrological Association on Sunday, July 21st at the Willoughby Hills Community Center in Willoughby Hills, Ohio, across from the fire station. Um, And I'm going to be doing a workshop on midpoints that Sunday, and that's from 11 to 4. And then I'm going to be speaking at... um, on Monday night at the annual meet, the monthly meeting, the an, not the annual meeting, the monthly meeting, and I'm going to be speaking from 7.30 to 9 on draconic charts, which are the faded charts in your life. So sign up, information on the website for the midpoints if you want to work with your own chart. you got to register before uh, and send, my, send your birth information by July 17th. If you don't want to work with your own chart, don't worry about it. But hopefully you'll come, and we're going to, Explore planetary midpoints, the secret energy systems in your chart. And I wish you a great week and a wonderful 4th of July and a happy, happy uh, fireworks somewhere in your life and an eclipse definitely somewhere in your life. And um, big hugs, lots of love. Take care. Ann Ortley signing off, not from the bright red desk, but from the hotel room in Ann Arbor with a lovely view of the sky and the pool And, uh, you know, it's a nice place. So wishing you all a wonderful week. Take care. Bye.